City Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Keys to the City. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, Ted Keys. We will be joined with the long-awaited return by the Joseph Aguirre in just a brief minute or two. I'll say longer than that, but realistically, to talk some New York Yankee baseball. As we, we said, we were going to continue to track where the big guy was going to head while he's staying right back in the pinstripes. We will get down to that with the Joseph Aguirre. Like I said, the long-awaited return of the Joseph Aguirre. But you can check Keys of the City for live shows. You can check us out at Facebook, YouTube, as well as Twitch. If you do not get to check out the live show, you can check us out streaming on all services, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, as well as YouTube and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more social media platforms at Keys to the City. I was just uh, just a couple things that just were cro- going through my mind. This might have been this might be the latest show we've ever had, by the way, in our long long journey. This is probably the latest show we've ever had. Nine o'clock. It's over nine o'clock right now, so it's definitely probably our latest show. Also, I was just looking at the yeah. uh, I was looking at the intro, and it was just funny because every picture of me looks completely different than what I look like now, and Ted just still looks the exact same, with the same goatee and the same hair, but Trev's gets different facial, and Trev has a long beard in one of them, and the other one looks a little different inside, just like, yeah, of course. You, just, you, just, you just look at how you just look how different I've looked compared to Ted, and I'm glad I just brought that up in the sense of that situation, because you see how I've changed. Well, the New York Giants, we're going to get into them right now because the New York Giants at one point this season looked like they were a team that, hey, could be – maybe they are going to get to the playoffs. Maybe they could be a surprise in the NFC East and maybe in the NFL. At 6-1, I know a lot of people didn't take them serious, but it's almost been right now currently a tale of two seasons. The New York Giants start off 6-1, one of the hottest teams and the biggest surprises in the NFL. And then you look at right now as we go into week 15 or week 14, one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the season, as another divisional matchup. And it doesn't get any bigger than this. All Giant fans, the, the franchise, the organization, to look at where the Giants can stack up on paper against the NFL's best. It doesn't get any better than this Sunday when you are playing against the 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles, a team that has been dominating this entire NFL season that is right now currently the holder of the number one seed in the NFC and the holder of the best record in the NFL. So when you want to match up with the Giants in the sense of where do you set, where do you set yourself and where is your standard compared to the rest of of the NFL and the best of the NFL. So Ted, when you look at how the Giants have been playing right now, they are one three and one in the last five games. A, a, a disappointing result into last week's game against the Washington Commanders, being up twenty to thirteen and then never really getting anything going to extend that lead and get to a much needed eighth victory with not that much time left in this season, where we thought this Giant team was definitely going to be getting maybe on track to eight ten wins. We're trying to see if they can get to just eight right now. So when you see the Philadelphia Eagles coming in to town, 11-1 led by maybe the front runner of the MVP, Jalen Hurts, and that dominant offense, that probably that complete team. Ted, it's very simple. The Giants have to play a perfect game. I know the injury is taken in all the counts. Yes. Barkley is now a question. Of, yeah, short and sweet, pretty much, yes. But short and sweet, you look at Saquon Barkley, He's questionable. Leonard Williams looks like he may not be playing. He looks he's like doubtful. He's going to probably be out for the game. So two of the Giants' best players looks like they will not be playing against Fly Eagles. Fly. So, Ted, I know it's a, it's a really simple question. Do the Giants have to play the perfect game? Does Daniel Jones have to play the perfect game for them to stay in this game? I know we're trying to hope. We're hoping for the best. We're hoping for a victory. But what do you expect from this game come Sunday afternoon? Um, I don't hope, pray, keep, make it a fourth quarter game and see what happens. Get lucky. Um, I think the best way to really explain this game is the Washington game a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. You know, Eagles don't turn the ball over. All right, let's. Jalen Hurts has three picks. It's tied for the low, uh, league's lowest picks with Tom Brady. Actually, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is third in the league. I think he only has like four picks. So. Can't turn the Daniel ball. Jones over. doesn't have his four. Yeah, he might have like four. Yeah, he's four. Five. Trust me, I already read this up. He's third in the league. Only Brady and, Brady and Hertz have three, so they they have the least amount of picks. When I say lead the lead, they're the least amount. They're number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
The Eagles, they have the best pass defense in football. They only give up 178 yards a game. They have 15 picks as a defense, which leads the league. They have 42 sacks in the league, which is second in the NFL, probably only behind the Cowboys. Um, they run the football. They score a lot of points. They're second in the league in scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, pray for snow and rain on Saturday, on Sunday. Hopefully a bad weather game. Hopefully Saquon plays. Hopefully Jalen Hurts has a bad game. Hopefully the Eagles turn the ball over and play sloppy. That's that's you got to hope for a sloppy game. You got to hope for the same type of game that they played against Washington on um, Monday Night Football. Now the Eagles are the only team in the league that uh, are undefeated on the road this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, Trev, I'm gonna be honest. You just hope for a good game. You want to see where this team is at. The expectation as a Giant fan is to listen. You go in every week. You want to win. And I'm not down to my team. You and I know if someone's watching, they're so like. Dude, you're irritating. We're losing. We're probably going to lose. I'm realistic. We can't pass block. You're playing against the second-best pass defense in the league. James Bradbury, our former teammate, is the opposite of Darius Slay. We have no receivers. If our running back's out, it takes away our number one option. You know, I get I get it. You know, Daniel Jones had a great week last week, second week in a row that he had completed over 80%, 200 yards, had a touchdown. Had the most rushing tubs last week. You know, he's doing well on the ground. He's not turning the ball over. This team doesn't have much, man. We don't have much. You know, we're going into a – I'll be honest. We're going into a gunfight with a knife, with a hand knife. And we're hoping to compete. So, what you what we talked about off script was, let's just see them compete. Let's try to see what, they, what they're made of. Let's see their knit and grit. Hey, listen, anything can happen in the NFL, right? So for me, if there's not, any year that could really be that much more clear, it's been this type of season. I mean, any, every you look at the game a couple been, weeks yeah. ago with the Jaguars and the Ravens, right? I, I believe I saw on uh, one of the sites or something that most favorite bet that week was the Ravens over the the Jags. Well, mm-hmm. Jags, you know, they beat the Ravens. Now I would say the Jags have a little bit more talent offensively than the Giants do, um, but. I don't know, man. I mean, you got to play the perfect game. You can't turn the ball over. You got to play sound on defense. You can't give up any big plays. Make Hurts and that Eagles uh, offense go down the field 10, 12, 14 plays. I mean, listen, they got Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders. I mean, Jalen Hurts is probably second in the MVP voting, maybe first in some ballots. You're playing, listen, you're playing the best record team, probably the most complete and best team in the football league. Give it all you got. Plain and simple. Play a perfect game and see what happens. Let the cards fall where they may. And this is also uh, adding to this is the sense of Daniel Jones. You've played your part this year. I know you haven't been given the perfect circumstances. Injuries have played a massive part with the New York Giants. Not the weapons. Coming into the season, you thought maybe all these weapons could come in. We already know the story. Galladay hasn't. Hasn't been that's goes down as one of the worst contracts in the giant history, maybe NFL history. Kadarius Tony, another missed opportunity, missed pick by the Dave Gettleman and New York well, Giants you know, franchise. The only benefit of that, Trev, is he's not doing anything in Kansas City. He's not City, doing right anything now. in Kansas City, but now Kansas City knows. But my thing is, is Daniel Jones is getting closer and closer to that decision making in the sense of the New York Giants. What are we going to do with Daniel Jones? Is this going to be the guy that we're going to sign to, I don't know, with two or three or hell, even a long-term contract moving forward is, well, when you play against teams like this, I know the op- I know that the circumstances the Giants are in right now. I it's know a witness that test for us. Every, every time that the Giants go on, there is a, a produce on the field. There isn't a hell of a lot of saying, oh, well, he doesn't have a number one receiver. His his running back and his offensive line, other than Andrew Thomas, has been a kind of a disappointment at times this season. They can't run the football now. So you're very, very back against your wall. If you're Daniel Jones, you're very limited in the sense of you're not gonna you don't have a whole hell of a lot to work with right now in the current situation. So I know he's played his part. He hasn't thrown the ball turnover wise. He's he's when he is actually using his legs, he's been pretty effective for this New York Giant this, offense. This, this the thing is, is can't, he's going to have to. It was working early on in Dallas in the Thanksgiving game, the play action, the RPO, it was working. It was working last week. He's had moments this year against Green Bay, against the, um, against the Titans. He's had moments this season where he has looked the part. 
But now with everything that has shaped up for the New York Giants and what is currently being put onto the field, if you're a New York Giant and you're the New York Giant quarterback, knowing that your season, knowing that you don't have a contract right now, you're playing for your future. You're playing for a contract, whether it's going to be for the Giants or that's going to be elsewhere. You're playing for a contract. This is a game. I know what's given to you right now. I get it. I am not going to say, oh, he he has to go for 4,000 yards and win the game by himself. I don't expect him to. Not with this team. You know, not, Jeff, with this you know, line, Jeff, not with this I offensive may, weaponry Jeff, that they I have may right interrupt. now. A perfect go example maybe maybe last night's Thursday night game. All right. Now, listen. My boy Baker? Well, just in general, the Rams. Aaron Donald wasn't playing. Most of the receivers were out. You yeah. know, they had Van Jefferson play Skronik, but what is he their know, number one right now? Van Jefferson and Skronik? Yes. Are they is that like their number yeah, that one? Would be right? their number, yeah. But that's Alan Robinson they were, they, they, were not, they were not good all yeah. most of the game until late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I, now, of course, I'm gonna put more blame on the Raiders for not capitalizing. They blew it in the second half. They were Devontae, with three minutes left. Well, well for first touchdowns. for Devontae Adams not to have a catch in the entire second half bothers me. When you're the best receiver in football, that bothers me. All right? That, I, thought that Jamar, I thought Jamar Chase was the best receiver in football. No, I didn't have him on number one. I never even heard your top five. Yeah, because we never got to it. We never had that discussion. <laughs> one day we will have but, that. Uh, that's, listen, that's another question for another day. We'll talk about that with Derek that, Carr because I think I think another thing shows last night that Derek Carr is not the future for that Raiders team. And I don't think Derek Carr is good enough to win a Super Bowl. But that's a whole other story. Let's we'll get back. Let's get back to the giant thing. I think you led to a perfect example that we can kind of branch off of, but it still comes down to Daniel Jones, bro. Because during the Giants bye week, the Giants were working and trying to offer Saquon Barkley a contract. They weren't trying to offer Daniel Jones a contract. You watched the game a little bit more last week than I did because I was working a game. Um, but from what I read is late in this first half and then late in the overtime, you had fourth and three and you had some other opportunities where they could have put the ball in the quarterback's hand to kind of score and put extra points. They settled for the field goals or fourth and three in the overtime with minute 45. They decided to punt the ball. What yeah. that shows to me is two, two things. One – and it's not and it's, it's captain obvious we don't have the talent they don't have the trust in the personnel that's around this team second of all you don't have trust that the quarterback that you do have can make those players better so my question would be is if Josh Allen's the quarterback and I know that's probably a bad statement but if Josh Allen's your quarterback with the personnel that the Giants have would they still have the trust in him to go for him or is it just because Daniel Jones they don't have the trust in I just I question I just wonder where the Giants heads are at you and me have talked about this a lot of this stuff off script where Hey, listen, these guys didn't draft Daniel Jones. This is Gettleman's guy. They're trying to make the best of what is given to him. All right. You got you, whatever the scraps that were given to you, you got to make a meal out of it. They've done a very sufficient job for this team. We have overachieved. We talked this, about this countless times. All mm-hmm. right. We understand this team is not as good as what their record is. And, and also, what sucks is this team is kind of falling apart injury wise. Which is kind of been worst, our, which, the worst possible. Which has kind of been our nemesis the past couple of years because especially Saquon doesn't play this week. That's tremendous going to hurt this team. Leonard Williams, one of our better defenders. I mean, here's the thing: our D line, similar to our O line, hasn't been healthy all season. The Elijah Alare, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau have not been on the field for an entire game the entire season. They were on for a little bit. Other last than week. Oh, yeah, other than last week, week, week when Leonard Williams that. got hurt. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence is the only guy that's played in every game this season on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, they got they got to remember Coach Sags got to muck it up, bro. Got to get this game dirty. Got to get in the mud. Make it nasty. Keep this game seventeen. Well, the Giants like to like run the Trey football, Anderson, so it feels seventeen fourteen. One touchdown yeah. and we're Super Bowl champions. Well, the that's Giants got, like to run. Keep it, keep it low score because I think the Giants haven't scored more than twenty-seven points all season. The Eagles average more than 27 points a game. This is the thing. You'll know by by halftime. If this game is 10-3, 10-7, 6-7. You'll know by the end score, of the first. Listen, it's gotta be it's gotta be low score. I think once you get to 24 points, and that's kind of the Giants number. Once it's 24 plus, Giants are done. Gi- yeah, Giants don't have the offense. You'll get an answer by the by the first quarter of how this game is going to be played oh, out. Course. Well, I mean, it's just that simple because this Eagles offense is explosive. It's a juggernaut right now. They're, if they're not winning in the rushing attack, they'll just beat you over the top. And the Giants' secondary is depleted as well. Not having a Dory Jackson, not having Xavier McKinney. Uh, um, 
Aaron Robinson's now out for the year with torn ACL, just had surgery. It's just like the injuries keep piling up. And for an offense that I'm talking both the Giants against the Eagles in the sense of the Giants offense can't score. The Eagles offense can score in anybody in this league. And if it's not getting with the run game. Oh, Shane will you have he's out too. You if you can't if you can't work with the run game for this Eagles team, they'll just beat you in the passing game. And the weapons that they have, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard's not even there. But once he comes back, that's just another massive weapon to have. But they got Miles Sanders, who's been great for them this year. They yeah. got Devontae Smith. They got Quez Watkins. But they might have the best weapon in the NFL right now, Jalen Hurts. He's been absolutely phenomenal for this Eagles you offense. Want, you want to know, hey, listen, you want to know how phenomenal it's he is? Going to, it's going to be – It's going to be. you're going to have to play the perfect game. If you're the New York Giants, if you want to try to get to the playoffs, you're going to have to play the perfect game. I know the circumstances haven't given you – a bright spot right now, but you're going to have to just play as best you can for 60 minutes and play your perfect game Jeff, against you right me? now the best team in the NFL. I'll end it on this, and this is not really even a positive for the Giants because I feel like we're more Eagles fans talking about this, but you want to talk about what type of season Jalen Hurts has. He Right now he has totaled 2,900 yards in the year, just 204 year, yards, excuse me, less than he had all season last year. He has 20 touchdowns. But Hurts right now has gained 3,379 yards of total offense this year, which is the fourth highest in the NFL, only behind Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. So, I mean, he's got nine rushing touchdowns. He's got 20 passing touchdowns, Mm -hmm. almost 3,000 yards pass. I mean, listen, this guy is having a phenomenal season. That's why he's one of the two top candidates for the MVP, and that's why his team right now is 11-1 and should be, not the Dallas Cowboys, should be the favorite to come out of the NFC to represent them in the Super Bowl. Well, speaking of Jalen Hurts, let's get over to that 2020 class. For, but for Because for anybody that doesn't know, yeah, the three that we always talk about in that class is Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, and Joe Burrow. But there was a fourth in that, and that's Jalen Hurts. Whew. Now, I know that there's a massive game this Sunday night between the number five and the number six pick in that 2020 NFL draft. Justin Herbert versus Tua. Miami Dolphins travel to LA. Am I getting ahead of myself and saying, who are you taking in the sense of we? I if I had to rank that class because that could, that class could end up becoming an all time great class. Like you really think about it, Joe Burrow has already established himself as a top three. Well, we, well, listen, maybe, not to cut you on. off, but we also oh, hold on. We got to say this though. To be great, you got to win some Super Bowls. Okay, but Joe Burrow, it looks like he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Just got to the Super Bowl last year for a team that wasn't even supposed to be into the playoffs. This year, they look like they can run the table again and get back to the Super Bowl and, hell, even win it. Then you got Justin Herbert, who has all the tools, all the makings of a five-star quarterback. I guess you'd say five-star athlete, five-star baseball player. He's a five-star. He's got it all, five-star quarterback. What about a five-tool just- player? Five tool player as a quarterback, yeah, he's got all the tools to be a phenomenal, phenomenal. Yes, he's got it all. Then you get Tua, who's like, you know, the smaller guy, but he's got the accuracy and he's been playing out of his mind this season. And then maybe to make it even that much more, the icing on the cake is that fourth guy, Jalen Hurts, who has improved every year since coming into the league and now has taken his game to a whole nother level, maybe going. MVP level. So Ted, I know it's between Herbert and Tua this weekend. And are these are we even are we saying that this is a battle for the second best quarterback in this draft? Or I mean, I know it's Tua or Herbert, but like when you think of this class, how would you if how would you personally rank it right now before we get into this question? Really on this on the spot, how would you rank it? I, I think me and you both in agreement, Burroughs won. Who's two, three, and four? See, and, before and we get what, it, before we before we get into this question, how would you rank your two, it's, three, it's, and four? It's really hard for me to rank because I think you got to decipher what how we're ranking. Because if we're just talking talent wise and skill, yeah, overall quarterback. Listen, like if, if you, you had to, if you had to pick, listen, if you're taking talent and skill, Herbert's number one. Okay, talent and who's skill. The best, but who's the best overall quarterback? Joe Burrow is the best quarterback of this. I know that he's number one. I get that. The, who's two, here's three, and four? here's what I would say that it's going to be hard to determine right now. And it's probably a better question for the, after the season is what do, because well, first of all, we got to see what happens, but I don't see the Chargers now making the playoffs unless, unless they get hot. But well, if they win they this may, week, it'll be a big they win this week. And then what happens with the jets? Maybe they sneak in. All right. But here's the thing. We've seen Burrow in the playoffs, right? We saw Jalen hurts in the playoffs. Last year. Not too good. Not too good. 
Hertz is going to have another opportunity this year to, to prove himself in the playoffs. The question that you and me have talked about is, how does Tua play in the big games? How will Tua play in the playoffs? Because I think right now the second best – other this year it's Jalen Hurts would be the best quarterback, followed by Joe Burrow by Tua, and then Herbert would be fourth. If we're just talking this season, 2022, mm-hmm. that's how I would rank him. Jalen Hurts is your best quarterback in this class right now, in this season, just this season, followed by Joe Burrow, followed by Tua. Because Tua's had a stellar season, and we forget. Everyone wants to knock him for last week's game against San Francisco. Didn't play really well. I get it. But he was at the MVP candidacy right there. And he's got plenty of time this year to finish out the season and prove that he's still the guy. Mm-hmm. Listen, Tua didn't, didn't have it all. He went to Miami at number five. He went to an organization that they fired the coach in two years, wasn't the type of coach they needed, didn't have their start, their starting receivers with Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant. All right. They had no running game. They had no offensive line, was the worst, one of the worst offensive lines. They had no weapons for him to succeed. They didn't have an offensive minded coach. The Chan Gailey offense did not work for him. Now Mike McDaniels, it shows when you find the right coach with the right personnel what it does. You've seen the changes. We've seen this personnel. Look at Jalen Hurts. Look who the Eagles have done with Nick Sirianni for them, right? Mm-hmm. You trade, you draft Devontae Smith. You bring in A.J. Brown. You make the big trade. So now you give him the – you had Dallas Goddard. You had Miles Sanders. You got a couple other running backs. You have a solid offense line, if not one of the five best offense lines in all football. You can run the football. So everything is set up. Similar to Joe Burrow. I don't mention Joe Burrow because we know what the type of weapons he has. We <laughs> we, spec- we we joke about it because his weapons are, you know. I mean, he's got two legitimate number ones on his team. One, and, and Tyler Board's no slouch. Yeah, Tyler Boyd's a great slot. I mean, he's out. a great number two, great number three. Some people, I mean, the Giants would love him to be our number one. I mean, that's how that's how depleted the Giants are. And we've talked about this before. When you talk about quarterbacks need weapons to succeed. I don't care mm-hmm. who the hell you are. Josh Allen was no one before Stephon Diggs. Sorry. Look how good Aaron Rodgers is without Devontae Adams. Oh, he ain't that damn good. You know what I mean? What would Kirk Cousins be without Justin Jefferson? Probably a Bench player, you know what I mean? That I mean, that you need stars. I mean, Herbert's got some players. The problem with Herbert is, I don't know if I blame Herbert or if I blame the coaching staff. I think there's got to be a certain level, though, that you got to start saying. I mean, you if, you're that, if you're that, if you're that, if you're if you're that damn good, and Justin you're supposed Herbert to make people better. My, but he, listen, it, I, you watch Colin. You saw the stats. His defense has been one of the worst defenses. I get it, it but like Joe they've Burrow's given up all, the most fourth quarter comeback. I, I get I, it, but look look at look at Joe Burrow last year. His offensive line was awful. I get it. The weapons though, but look, I know the Bengals yeah, offense. But you said look, who are you taking? You taking on, this year? Are you taking this year or are you talking about future? I'm just talking about in general in the sense of just the Justin Herbert. When, when do when do we when do we start putting some blame on Justin Herbert where like you see how the Cincinnati Bengals got to the Super Bowl last year. Their offensive line was awful. Oh, well, they got the weapons. I'm sorry. That does, does the Los Angeles Chargers not have weapons? Oh, you know, they got, I but, mean, but Austin Eckler, one of the best okay, dual threat backs Mike in the Williams game. Hold on. Keenan Mike Allen Wo- have played less than 60 snaps all together all season long. His number one and two receiver have been gone. I get it. But I would say this, Trevor. Let Brian, maybe the Chargers, if they didn't hire Brian. Oh, Brandon, Sta- Brandon Staley. Brandon, excuse me. Brandon Staley and hired Brian Dable. Maybe we're having a different conversation because Brian Dable's gotten the best out of Daniel Jones. And I'm he sorry, Daniel Jones ain't Justin Herbert. If you're talking future, I'm still taking Herbert. You know why reason I'm taking Herbert? Stronger, faster, bigger. Also, the biggest thing, he doesn't have any, any injury concerns. He doesn't have any hip flexor issue that he had from Alabama. He doesn't have multiple concussions that Tua's already dealt with so far this season. So you're talking about future. I'll still take Herbert. Right now, this season, I might take Tua. We're going to get a great game Sunday night. I think this is going to be a high score to feel. Feel. A fear. Let's get my word straight. Sorry, that's the sausage and peppers still stuck in my mouth. You know, I was a little excited. But, that's a, uh, a little sausage and peppers? I had a little sausage and peeps for dinner tonight when I got home. But if you're asking me right now this season, I'll take Tua. Tua's been the better player all season long. But a lot of that has to do with the bringing in of Tyreek Hill in trade in the offseason and drafting Jalen Waddle, And then getting an offensive-minded coach that fits what he does. We're not trying to fit a square peg in a circle. Let me ask you this. Do you think... Miami is a hundred percent all in on Tua. I do. I do. You do? Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't think they were, but I think what we talked about. Remember okay, so did, what? So what? Okay, so what if, you, know what if they get did. to the playoffs then, and he, he, he shits the bed? 
didn't Jalen Hurts sh- shit the bed last year too? Uh, yeah, I get it. Did a lot of first time uh, quarterbacks. But I think in the situation, what did Eli do in his first playoffs? Oh yeah, he got destroyed. Yeah, against Carolina. I mean, how how do a how do a lot of first time quarterbacks do in their first playoff game? Use now. Listen, not that's why the Joe Burrow. Yeah, but don't you think that the time the time is don't you think the time is ticking? Like in the sense for like Tua, because like well, Herbert, think, you feel like I, you feel like Herbert. If you give him the right coach, like if you give him Sean Payton, well, my, Miami's in no need to rush to sign him. They got the five year deal, you know, with the rookie deal, the you know the contract. So they don't need to do anything with him. They can extend him on the fifth on the fifth year, and then they don't have nothing to worry about it. And then you figure it out. So what the and you could franchise him. So what that really means is Miami still got. Two, maybe three years of two of the worthy, and it's probably not three because by three you're either paying him or he's getting cut, and you draft another. But you got this year and next year. After that, then it's then who cares? It's the fifth years up, and you figure out what you want to do. You either franchise him because there's no one better, or you let him go. But that's what Miami has, and you don't have and because you still have to pay the personnel. So Miami's still in a really good situation with two, and I still have trust in two because of the coach and the system, and they and they. And they do things to make sure Tua is productive. How can Tua go from looking like the worst quarterback to this year now an MVP candidate? He didn't get taller. His arm didn't get better. He didn't get bigger or faster. It's because the coach set him up for success, not for and failure. They supplied, and they supplied him with the fastest player in the world uh, and the fastest player in the league. Now, for that, listen, was, look at Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They're like one in five in top receiving yards. So, mm-hmm. who, who's throwing the ball? Joe Schroen? No, it's Tua. But here's here's the thing that here's the do narrative. Like, that do you remember? Last year we had this conversation and Joe was on and we said if you had to take between Joe Burrow, Tua, or Herbert, who would you take for the next ten years? Remember I said Joe. Bur- I said Joe B. I think I said Joe B too last year. Here's my th- here's I the think narr- all three of us took Joe. Here, B. Here's my thing though about this whole narrative. What do you got for me? If the Chargers don't make the playoffs this year, Herbert, it will be all to the points of oh they get injured, they. Yeah, but the narrative they're, they're, is starting to well, change. But listen, but listen, but listen. I know I it's starting to, but then they'll be like, okay, the coaching staff, Brandon Staley's got to get fired. Well, here's we'll the thing. Another Look shot. at Denver. If Tua, are we blaming, are we blaming Tua, Russell? Or are we blaming no, here's, here's my thing. If Tua gets to the playoff, we'll play bad. Oh, he's not good enough. You see what I'm trying to say? Is that like I feel like Double Herbert? Standard, like, I like like I exactly. I like Herbert. But I feel like Herbert sometimes gets more of a pass because oh he's got the five star look he's got the tools of the quarterback yeah but I guess what that the whole fame type quarterback to, but two that but Tua is starting to change though but Tua is like a three is like the three star athlete he doesn't have the height and he doesn't have the arm in the sense of he's got everything else he's got the smarts he's got the accuracy well here's the thing got, you know why he's got the mobility what, what but the, he doesn't what have was the storyline coming into this NFL right it was tank for two or tank for two he was supposed to be the number one pick yeah. right yeah. he gets hurt he doesn't go he falls in number five and then what happens is Justin Herbert by miracle gets to start a game and comes in and starts lighting up the field and he looks like the showstopper and everyone's like damn this guy like what why wasn't he number one he's got everything and he has not progressed as I was just reading you before, you look at his numbers, he hasn't progressed. Tua and him have the same amount of wins. Now I get it. Herbert's played in more games, but maybe that's a more of a negative knock on Herbert than it is on Tua. They both it definitely have is. I mean, they both have 21 good. wins. They both have the same completion percentage. Now, if you look at the touchdown and interceptions, I get it. Herbert's got like twice as many touchdowns as Tua. But that's because he plays more. I mean, his numbers his rookie season were incredible. What do you have? Almost 30 touchdowns. We get it. Herbert's a stud. He's a stallion. He makes all the plays. But you have to start winning games because the narrative up until the last couple of weeks up until the last couple of weeks was Herbert was still the man. Now the narrative is starting to change. Does Herbert get too much praise? Have we praised him too soon? What has That's he done for you lately? Is that like sometimes he's gotten a pass for the past couple of years? I, I for like last year and some of this year. And it, there's gonna be a certain point that you're gonna be just like Okay, when is it enough that you're saying, okay, Herbert, you got to win some games now? Because you know, I know you know, to, you know, who, I, you know I, who his favorite player is Justin Herbert. But yeah, his favorite player, his favorite player. We're, uh, it's such a look at look at ladies and gentlemen. Look at this guy. Look who the look who it is. Take a good look. The long-awaited return of the Joseph O'Brien. Joseph, we were just talking. We were just talking about. Oh, he's frozen. Is he back? Oh, he's, he's back. back. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. But yes, the long-awaited return from 
the Joseph Aguirre. We were just talking about the Her- Herbert and Tua, and we're starting to come around in the sense like Herbert, you've been got you got the five tool star, you got the athlete, you're like like a baseball player, you got it all. You got the look, the arm. Did you say he's the size. Like he had all the tools, but he He's got all the tools, but you gotta you gotta eventually put those all together to winning now. I know I get that Brandon Staley's an idiot and should not be a coach anymore, and he should be if get a Sean Payton or something. But you're looking like Tua. Tua makes the progressing leap. I know that it's it's because of Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. But you're right, Joe, in the sense of you got to start winning some games if you're Herbert because you can't go another year not making the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, he's playing. And he's, and he's he playing does. This. Like you said, look, he's got all the tools. He's a tremendous quarterback. And, you know, for a couple of years, it was uh, the defense, the coach. It was the, the defense let him down late. You know, look at Josh Allen, just the, the past couple of weeks, all the big interceptions he's throwing late in games. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Josh Allen. You know, I do. That's kind of mm-hmm. on him. You know, and yep. at some point you do. Like, you, you ha- these guys got to start winning football games. If you're not winning, what are you doing? You're just, you're, you're just, you're just a snap. You're just a snap pattern. Speaking, Jeff, I'll, hey, Jeff, I'll say this. Imagine this, though, with the season that we just talked about. Who would have thought that of the four quarterbacks, Herbert's the worst one of the four? And it's not that he's bad, but I told you I would take Kurtz this season as the best quarterback, playing wise, even though I still would take Burrow. But I'm saying performance wise, Jalen Hurts is your best quarterback of the four, followed by Joe Verne. Well, that's why I'm saying. Followed if by they... Tua, who was the MVP candidate a week ago. That's what I'm saying. Now, if they then... continue to play the way they are, this can go down Jeff, as an all-time great quarterback class. and Allen, those three guys, Burrow, Hurts, and Tua, were all, are all considered MVP candidates. Yeah, that, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Where those guys have grown. You know what it's like when a kid comes into the field or like you know he's like the youth football kid and he's like the star-studded kid, right? Mm-hmm. And he's always like dominant. And then when high school gets – he never progresses. He never puts in the work. And those kids that were like that were below him put the extra work in, and now they've all caught, caught up to him. He's not. He doesn't stand out as much as those well, other speaking, guys. I'm, I'm I'm so glad you brought up the term MVP, catching up to stuff, teams and stuff, because well, it brings us right over to our next point and why D. Joseph McGuire is here, because the MVP Aaron Judge is staying put in the pinstripes, and you also said Ted about how teams are chasing. Are catching up. Well, teams in the MLB are catching up to the New York Yankees, but don't tell the New York Yankees that because they still think it's the 1990s and they're going to kick everybody's ass and they're going to go in World Series. Hence why they haven't won. We are going now on 13 years plus and it will be, well, hopefully it's not 14. But yes, the big news this week and the news that we all expected it other than John Heyman, who almost had Twitter go absolute a wall because he yeah. was reporting that John Heyman said he is a San Francisco giant and Twitter was losing its mind, but that was a lie and it changed. So Aaron judge is staying put as a New York Yankee, nine years, 360 million. He got his 40 million per year, a huge jump for where we talked back in April, where he got the seven years two thirteen. the giants were in on him. The San Diego Padres were going 10 years, 400 no. mil. They're going, Listen, they were go- can I, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, I'll, and I'm only interrupting because of this. I was just reading this article, right, about on about John Heyman and the Yankees and Judge. There was word right now from John Heyman reported that the Padres were offering Judge 400 million plus over 14 years. That would have took Judge to 44 years old. However, sources have however sources reported that the MLB would have not allowed it the additional years because of the only attempt to lower the official payroll to lessen their tax. So, Joe, when you see this decision and Judge going to be now the next Yankee captain as well, as we all assume, was this the only right decision for Aaron Judge, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I told you in spring training, they should have made him a much better offer. Uh, And as this season progressed and it became clear by the all-star break that this guy was on pace for a historic season, you Mm -hmm. should have done something then. He didn't want to go anywhere. And it's evident by the fact that both of those other teams offered him more money. Yeah. Right. So if he wanted to go, he if he was going to follow the money, he he would have. Mm-hmm. He clearly wanted to stay a Yankee. Why they dragged this process out as long as they did is beyond me. The other thing I find massively disappointing is by October 31st, they should have either extended Cashman at that point or moved on. 
and then immediately got right. I mean, the fact that this has dragged on and you've seen all the pitchers coming off the board, obviously the Yankees were going to do everything they could to bring back Aaron Judge. He's their best player by a mile. By a mile. The other thing, too, that's been really bugging me is all the all the people who were like, yeah, you know, uh, Steinbrenner doesn't spend money. The Yankees have three players now with $300 million contracts. Like, I don't even know what, you know, fans get pissed. The Yankees go out and get Sonny Gray. And it's like, you got the wrong guy. They go out and get Frankie Montes. It's like, should have got Castillo. Like, come on. You know no, the, ju- the Yankees should have gotten my boy Luis Castillo. I'm not disagreeing with you. But you know what? It's not like they don't. So are these the same guys that tell me I'm, I saw today that the Yankees should trade Donaldson and flip him, trade Glaber, sign Let me guess. They're the same guys that say trade. Sign Rendon and sign Carlos Correa. And, yeah. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, wait, are you the same people that get mad that we spend too much money? I mean, if anything, the Mets spend more right. money than us. The thing that was the big, the thing that was the big thing, and everybody was like, "Why are the Yankees not doing anything?" Well, because their first priority was Aaron Judge. Now, no, their first priority was re-signing Brian Cashman yeah, for yeah. some reason, which is, mm-hmm. I, I've always been a Brian Cashman fan, but after this season, my thought was, it's time know. to move on. It's time to find one of these young, you know, analytical guys because that's the way baseball is. Why would you have an old GM? who's very out of touch with what's going on. You know what I mean? Like it, there, there's a huge disconnect here. Mm-hmm. Also he, him and Aaron Boone don't appear to be on the same page ever. And th- that's very concerning to me as well. So I don't know. I, 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 again, you're so far behind the eight ball. Everybody else, especially the Astros have improved their roster and you know, for your troubles, this reminds me of when the Giants re-signed Leonard Williams two years ago and everybody was excited and it's like, nope, this team is not any better today than it was yesterday, <laughs> right? You've just yeah. kept your guys so you're not worse, so that's so, good. Okay, The Yankees so, aren't any better. Tommy Canely, nice. They re-signed Rizzo, nice. But this okay, isn't a so better Yankee since, team than it was last week. Since Judge is signed now, if you're as, as a Yankee fan and you put your, your GM cap on right now, if you are Brian Cashman, Joe, what would be your next move? Since you got Judge wrapped up, yeah. Now are you looking at Carlos Rodon as the next top guy option, or Brian Reynolds, or God? I, yeah. I, I really, I know Yankee fans. I've seen Twitter, and Yankee fans are like, "Oh, please, if we get Carlos Correa, I'm still sticking on it." I said it last year, and I know you guys think I'm crazy. If the Yankees sign Carlos Correa, I'm going to be pissed. I don't want that. I don't want that the guy on the Yankees. Yankees. Are going to have four three hundred million dollar guys because that's the type. No, of I don't want. The, he's not going to go a for one year twenty five million dollar deal. I he don't play want shortstop Car- next I don't season. No, Carlos I understand that. I, don't I understand your that. feelings. No way. I understand, but I he's I, I, I want to. Can I tell you something terrible? Can I tell you something terrible? You're not going to want to hear this. Either one of you, no one watching is going to want to hear this. Jose Altuve is going to come to the Yankees. Josh Donaldson is the starting third baseman this season. Whether you like it or not, there is a 0% chance that that contract is going anywhere. And all you can hope for, look, he had a really good season from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. And should have all been a year, candidate, if not the he definitely winner. should have, Teddy. You're 100% right. I thought even in August, like, all right, he's going to hit a whole bunch of home runs here. It's, it's, it's Josh Donaldson. How is this guy not producing at all? Yeah. I was shocked that he literally made it through an entire season without having a single productive month for a former MVP. That's shocking. That said, look, new situation. He got traded kind of late. It had to get over the whole thing with Garrett Cole had that thing with Tim Anderson. So he was awful White in the postseason. There was no, oh, yeah. for him. Well, but, no then again, for him. but then again, everybody was terrible in the postseason. And once again, Touché. once again, this came down to not the pitching. This came down to the hitting wasn't timely clutch. They couldn't produce when they needed to. Everyone's swinging for the fences down two or three runs. Doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The Yankees need some contact hitters. You need DJ LeMayhew to bounce back. And by the way, if somebody needs to be traded, it's Glaber Torres. Yeah. Glaber Torres is a terrible second baseman. I understand he was worse at shortstop. He's one of the worst second basemen, uh, uh, you know, sabermetrically in all of baseball. And when you, when you take a gold glove winner like DJ LeMayhew off second base, 
Your your defense is worse. It's it's not a good alignment for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been saying that all year. We'll just put him at third. Shut up. He's a, he's a gold glove winner. He should be playing second base every day. Glaber might want to pick up an outfielder's glove and, and try something out there because I'm telling you right now, when he's on the when he's on the field, the Yankee, that's the Yankee, whatever it is, whatever the combo is, it's the Yankees' worst defensive metric. So either well, trade pi- him for something, maybe yeah. to the Pirates for a Brian Reynolds, something. The Yankees can live without Glaber Torres. Well, speaking of a moving shortstops, I mean, the Padres, they're considering moving Fernando Tatis Jr. to the outfield, too. So it wouldn't be out of the discussion. But I think if, if it was more realistic, like they tried to do at the at the trade deadline where they were talking to Miami about Pablo Lopez, mm-hmm. I've, I wanted to just be a, a typical Yankee fan and just say, give everything they want and go get Sa- Sandy Alicantara. Do you remember when Bryce that- Harper offered yeah. to play first base for the Yankees before he ended up signing with Philly. And you remember what Brian Cashman said? I'm not going to sign a guy out of position. Right now, if you look at the 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 San Diego Padres, and I get it, they're just and they I mean, just got Bogart, and they just got Bogart. I don't know where they're gonna where all this money's coming from in San Diego. I really remember don't. when they, yeah, remember when they first got Machado? And we're like, wait, where did this money come? That's yeah. just long gone. That's like, but you're also history. looking at now. You've got no less than one, two, three, four, five different guys are going to be playing out of position for the Padres this year. Even with Soto moving to writer, I mean, it it's. These guys are all great athletes, right? You know, you mm-hmm. could stick LeMahieu at third for a couple of games. He's going to be fine. He's not a third baseman. Yeah. Right? Bryce Harper's not a first baseman. Mm-hmm. Moving Xander Bogarts to third base, eh, there's no telling it's going to pan out. You know, playing Trevor Story at second, oh, we'll bounce it back to short. We saw the we saw the Glaber experiment, and we saw how much that failed. Again, defense is important. And if there was one thing I think that the beginning of this season the Yankees proved was, right? And it was different in the postseason, especially when you're kicking the ball around, you're giving your opponent extra outs. It's it 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 doesn't make for winning baseball. Yeah, Ted, so, I know, Ted, I know you haven't I, I I know you're still there. Um if you were the New York Yankees, if you were the GM of the New York Yankees, since judges sign now. What would be your first move, honestly? If you had to really seriously consider with the with the players that are still out there, you got like well, I said, Correa, Brian Reynolds, possible yeah, yeah, yeah. trade. I, listen, I, Rodon. Think big, I, I think the big name guys like Rodon. Now you see like Taiwan Walker got and a couple of the other guys. Those guys are getting four years, seventy million. Rodon's asking for six years. And I'm I, not giving a guy like. No, listen, I, hold on. And then th- you're thinking, you know, those guys are getting 25. He's probably going to ask for 30. So that's 180. I don't think the Yankees. I think that's a little too rich for the Yankees. I think as much as Joe said it, I think they. If they can and they can find a buyer, and the Yankees will probably have to take on majority of that money. But if you can flip Donaldson, do it. If you have to take on the 15 of the $21 million that he's owed this year, take it. If it's $16 million, you know, but it's going to be at least half. All right. Now, first things first, the question was starting with Judge. Good for Judge. Got a 70%, excuse me, 70% increase from 213 to 360. Now, Joe, I was reading all the reports. The Yankees were at 300. Yeah. They brought him in, went to the Giants. Supposedly the Giants were at like 360. The Padres flew him in for a three-hour thing. They were at 400. Suppose I was just reading uh, Brian, I think it's Hotch or Koch. He was explaining how the Yankees. Supposedly Cashman called Steinbrenner, how, when he was in uh, Italy on vacation, said, you like, you like here's Aaron Judge's number. Like, you need to call him right now. And I guess Steinbrenner. Because they were pretty called, close then. I guess, I guess Steinbrenner called Judge. Man to man on the cell phone I was like, "Do you want to be a Yankee?" And he was like, "I always wanted to be." But blah blah blah. And then I supposedly he called Cashman back and said, "Get the deal done, figure it out." And so the Yankees went up from eight to nine and three sixty. Listen, I think I think what Judge proved is he wanted to be a Yankee because if he didn't, like you said, Joe, he could have took more money for the Giants. He could have took more because the Padres were offering ten years, four hundred. The Giants were probably would have went the extra year and the extra money too. So. The Yankees, I heard, supposedly went to 320, but once they knew they had to move to 360, it was like, hey, listen, we got to get to that 40 million. That's what he wants. He's deservingly so. I'm happy for Judge, right? And people are like, ah, oh, that's a bad deal for the Yankees. 
In baseball, bro, it's not about the nine-year deal. We do this all the time. We give out nine, 10, 12, 14 years. I mean, Fernando Tatis, 14 million. Bogart. Xander Bogart just got 11 years. Seven-year deal for a 30-year-old guy. Listen, it's not about the eight, nine, ten. It's about the first five years. Just like when we signed Cole, people go, oh, you overspent him. I don't give a shit about eight, nine. I care about the first five years. If Judge can bring home a championship next five years, even like the Padres, it'll be worth it. That's how you got to look at it. It's not you eat the last three years or you flip them or you trade them at the it's whatever. And at the end of the day, $40 million in seven years might not look too bad because I don't know if anyone's realizing money, $1.3 billion has already been spent so far in Major League Baseball. Brian Nimmo got what, eight years? The guy's played one season over 150 games, never hit through 300, what? never won an all star game, never played an all star game, never hit more than 20 home runs. He got an eight year deal for the Mets. And got but like Joe, Joe said it best. Joe so, said it best. Yes, Judge is signed. It doesn't make the Yankees listen, any better. It doesn't make course, the Yankees the any better. Here's, here's same the same team. There's okay, nothing so different the for this team. We are going to get some of those bullpen guys back that were in injuries. Britain, eventually Green's going to be back. We got to replace Tyone. All right. You got to replace James Tyone because he was a very good pitcher for the Yankees. So you got to find another pitcher. You got because right now you're looking at Nestor, you're looking at Herman, you're looking at Severino, you're looking at Cole. Nice four. Like we got to get another good starter. I think you got to look at that second class. You know, he's forgetting about Frankie Montes completely at this yes, point. He's irrelevant. Yes, in my books, I would no. put him into long relief. You know, what I mean, um, Herman, utility guy, bring him in as the sixth starter, he, he, whatever. He's, irrele- he's re- irrelevant. I was Joe. just reading. I don't even know how to pronounce this guy, but they're just talking. I was reading this MLB article. It says sign the guy, the Japanese guy, Kora Senga, um, S E N G Senga, or whatever. I guess he's got a really high fastball, upper 90s. Sure. Again, you see the Red Sox, the Red Sox overspin on Yoshida. I mean, again, it's like, do you want a proven commodity? Yeah. Or do you want to take a shot on something you don't know? I think Frankie Montas, and I got to tell you, he's been on my fantasy team for years, and he was just starting to get to, like, be a consistently good pitcher. I think much like Josh Donaldson, I think that there's going to be high hopes that that guy can turn it around and give you the kind of season he's capable of. And for the money those guys are making, I'm telling you, it's going to be – Again, Teddy, I, I'm with you. If you could move that thing somehow, move it. Well, but I, I, I just don't see Donaldson, it. You gotta, if we can move Donaldson, you try to do it, all right? But you got to find a team that's willing to take him, all right? But they also I, need a third baseman at that point. Well, that's where I moved DJ over to third. And I have – and, and, and listen, I know you don't like it, but that's what I'm doing. And here's the other thing. It. I think as much as I do like him, I do like him. I'm flipping Glaber for someone. I'm, if I could send him to the Pirates to get Brian Roberts to play outfield, he's a contact hitter. He hits for average. He gets on base. He can move plays. So, and then I'm maybe going with the two young guys up the middle. All right. What about, ben I, Atten- what about Ben Attendee? They bring back. If ben I can Attendee? get him to resign, I'd like to get Ben Attendee. You know, we need another corner outfielder. I don't have trust in Hicks. Other than Judge, you're not going to have Stan play much. I don't want to go in with uh, Cabrera, Oswaldo. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Hold on. Because here's the thing. I just I, I, my thing is this, Trev. I, I'd rather have the two young guys up the middle. I know that's weak, I, but I like to have them at second and third, second and short. My Volpe and the other kid. All right. I got Rizzo at first. I'll put DJ at third if I have to. I like to get in a veteran guy that can play both positions that can fill in for those young guys when they need to be. You have Judge. If you can get Ben and Tendy, you know, you can put the kid Cabrera. I like to get another wing outfielder. And here's the other thing. I got to get another bullpen guy because you're going to lose Chapman. All right. You're going to get some of those guys back, but you got to shore up the bullpen because if one thing you should be proud of as a Yankee the last couple of years is you can settle on that bullpen and know that once they got to the sixth and the game was over, you shorten the game. Because here's the thing as good as Houston's starting pitcher was, and it was phenomenal, bro. Their bullpen might have been better than their starting pitcher. Oh, locked down. Can I, so can I just, down. can I just say this then about this whole shortstop thing with the New York Yankees and why people keep saying it? Like, why can't they just give this? But why can't they just give no, not IKF? We already seen that experiment. Well, here's the truth. But why, that's ha- why can't they give Peraza? Why can't they give Peraza an opportunity? Sure, but that's what I just said. Have Peraza and Volpe, and if you want to keep Volpe's IKF, not ready. Volpe's not ready yet. I don't think he he's don't ready know if he yet. Play. Why isn't Peraza? Because we've already seen Peraza come up. Why can't Peraza get? The well, then move Volpe to second base and let Peraza play shortstop. And yeah, use IKF as your utility guy. Here's the thing: I can't. Well, put Volpe at third and put DJ at second. Oh, no, oh. No. I would. Prefer I don't know who's that. got the better. DJ's at second. I think if the Yankees could also flip IKF, they would too. I don't think they're gonna. But he maybe is my my utility infielder with another guy. All right, and DJ could play him, and maybe like you said, Peraza yeah. and Volpe. 
Joe, let me just. Well, you gotta let these young guys play too, and you gotta find out. That's what, what I'm gonna say. Why I'm sick can't of hearing about all these guys that they're so good? They're so good. What are we gonna wait till they're 27? Like Judge, is it a Yankee thing where they want to wait till he's 27? And that's and what then, I was gonna say. Is wait. why why can't Peraza get an opportunity? Well, right. Why I do mean, we keep saying again, Correa or Dansby Swanson when we can before, just we have four shortstops in the, in our freaking farm? The Nationals thought a lot of Juan Soto when they brought him up at 19 years old. You could say the same thing with the Padres and Tatis. Maybe these Devers, guys are just, wasn't Devers like 19, 20 years old when he played for absolutely. Yep, yeah, it was it was 19 years old. Chapman. The Yankees are very and have, we we've talked about this they're always very with the with the prospects i was shocked last year at no point did they just give esteban florial 30 just give him a month mm-hmm. let him be the starting center fielder he's either going to sink or swim and the worst thing that could have happened was oh maybe he would have been an everyday player maybe he doesn't have the power bat you thought he was going to have or whatever but you know you, instead you go out and you you expend you know more resources on on Ben Attendee who gets hurt and it, it ends up kind of being a waste if you don't get him back or whatever so yeah sometimes you just got to take these young guys look how they ruined Clint Jackson just, Frazier whatever his name just, is just let the kids play they let Jeter play you know they they babied Posada for a few years and then finally they cut Girardi loose and they let Posada play he turned out pretty good. They let Bernie play in 91-92 when he was getting picked on by Mel Hall and Roberto Kelly. They ended up cutting Mel Hall and trading Roberto Kelly for Paul O'Neill and it changed the entire franchise. Let the young kids play and you know what? If they don't pan out, you're the Yankees. You got the money, you got the resources, you can go out there and get somebody if you need to. But why not see what you got at home first? I'm so I don't glad, understand. I'm it. so glad you said that because the Yankees have this certain mindset like you're living in the 90s. Well, that's the 90s. If you want to do that type of way, go do it like you did in the 90s. Bring these young guys up and give them an opportunity. Let Stop them play. thinking that yeah, exactly. You just you got to see what you have. You can't continue to play this waiting game. If you continue to play this waiting game, it's just going to be another failed player that these Yankees don't forget that, in 1995 that we've, the, that we've heard from the farm system for years that they've had all these great players and they've never panned out. Teddy, you remember in '95 when Mariano Rivera was five and three with a five and a half ERA, and the As Yankees starter, were like, yeah. "This kid's starter, no pitcher, good. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. be a starter." Well, let's try him in the bullpen. And my God, right? Did that work out? So yeah, listen, you 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 know, for years I, I, again, look at Davey Garcia. You know, yeah. what did you do to this guy? He pitched to a six and a half ERA at AAA this year. This did guy really? was starting. Yeah, six and a half by the day. It was terrible. He was nice. awful all season. You're about a guy who started in the playoffs last year. What did you do to that guy? You, you again, when you got these guys and, and, and their prospects and they've got the talent at some point, right? Jason Dominguez, bring that kid all the way up. Give him a shot. If he's generational talent, it, it, it could click now, right? Baby and these guys doesn't do you any favors. And you shot. end up spending more resources and sitting on these guys, and then they don't pan out. And it's like just another overhyped Yankee prospect, a la Chance Adams. Yeah, I'm so hearing about all these guys. Had to bring Yankees. that name up. <laughs> Chance Adams. I'm just so sick of I'm just so sick of hearing about the Yankees all these players, like either let them play or ship them out. But I'm sick of it. Oh, they got these guys. Who cares? But if you don't do nothing with them, what the hell's the point of you holding on for them? Like for what? Rainy day. Like, Daddy, oh, especially when everybody else runs their guys out there and they all turn into superstars. And it's well, like, why don't we ever do well, that? Well, we can, <laughs> why can't we do that? Why don't we do it? Honestly, perfect example is the, uh, the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have been doing that. They've been building up the farm system and they just, they're letting these young guys play and, they're either performing or they're not, and they're getting shipped off for for veterans that are commodities that you know that can perform. We're not going to say we'll wait and see. We'll just hey, we'll let them yeah. go on the Reds or the Pirates and let them become stars there. If it works out, good for them. But we need a guy that's ready to play now. We're in a win mode now. Like hopefully that guy who's got the predictions right, who had the last five World Series, he did predict the Yankees would win this year. So hopefully that's his well. They better start making. They better start making some moves because. This team is not going to win. Well, here's the thing: you got you got the most important move. All right, that, yeah. the most important move was Aaron Judge. I yeah, was Brian, Cash, Brian Cashman. Cash, the Cash Man. No, no, how got? Because at the end of the day, it's like this: Ma, can I spend the money on it? You just need the yes. Cashman just needed to know because he's thinking that as a business standpoint. It's not his money. Steinbrenner. You re- you do realize that if Judge was not in a Yankee uniform right now, that Brian Cashman would be the most hated man in New York. Ah, uh, maybe Hal Steinbrenner because he the Yankees got... were great. 
Yankees Listen, I don't think I think he would have got. I think he would have pulled a Bill Belichick. He would have said, "I'm the coach. And I am now out." Yeah, I think, I think right? Yankees, Yankees. Trevor, he would have got the four year contract and then fired three days later. Yeah, they, they you're done. They would have bashed Steinbrenner because think about it. It's Steinbrenner with the money. That's what Yankee fans. I get it. I get it. From 2000 to 2012, the Yankees had the number one payroll every year. Since then, they've only had the number one payroll once, and that was in 2020. They don't even have the number one payroll in their own freaking. State. That's okay though, because what does that prove? The Mets have the number one payroll. Oh, I know, I get it, I get it, I get it. Pay- number one they, payroll. They just, the- they just got the, mo- they just got the Night of the Living Dead now as their two aces. I mean, they could be happy with forty three million with Justin Verlander. I Listen, mean, I get con- it. Here's the thing: I the contracts it. in Major League Baseball are, are obnoxious. Ver- Yo, your boy Degrom going for six years. My God, I Texas mean, my- Ranger. Texas Rangers. That's what happens when you're a bad franchise. Yeah, the last time they they spent like that, they got a rod and they how did, that. No, they did it. No, they did. No, it last I know they year, did it last they, off season. They signed, and how that they, work out? Yeah, right. exactly. Five hundred yeah, million are, for two guys. Are the, are the Texas Rangers trying to do what the Padres are doing? I mean, no, no different than what the Padres are doing, bro. Tatis, old, Machado. Old, yeah. Do you see the, the Padres lineup? Bogarts, Young. Who? Who? Young the thing is, Tatis Young. Yeah, no. Machado when he signed well, was what like twenty. Here's a, here's another one, Trev. Degrom's thirty four years old and getting paid. I would say right now the best offensive lineup in the league is the Philadelphia Phillies. Real Muto, Hoskins, Turner, Harper. Um, who's the one that was uh, the right fielder? He came from the Reds. Um, Castellanos, Nick uh, Nicholas oh, Nick Castellanos. Castellanos. He's on the team. I mean. Uh, Marsh, their lineup one through nine is stacked. Schwarber, excuse me, I'm sorry. Schwarbs. Schwarber. Yankees need to go figure something out then, because there's some the, good competition. I mean, the there's Phillies, some good competition out there. I, I tell you that NL East, like the Mets, I'd still put them third right now in the division. Yankees the Braves, should just trade Phillies. everything for Julio Rodriguez. Sign me up. Let's just go. I'm, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a dumb Yankee. I'm gonna be a dumb Yankee right. just and start posting stupid Glaber for Julio straight up. <laughs> no. Aaron, Hicks, Aaron, Aaron Hicks and Glaber Torres for Julio. Yeah, Julio. Julio. No, see what, see what we'll the, even throw uh, in Donaldson. See what yeah. the Pirates will give up for their shortstop. That young star shortstop. Oh, Oliver. What's his no, name? Was it what's the Nephi what's Perez his, or something? What's no? That was the closest. He's like six seven, and he runs like like a cheetah and throws like a hundred five mile an hour fastball to first base. What's his name? Is that O'Neill? Yes, yeah, yeah, big kid O'Neill. Yeah. He was named after Paul like, O'Neill. Yes, yeah, so he loves. Yes. He's gonna be a Yankee eventually. Oh God, yeah, you know it. Book it. He's the next great shortstop. Don't worry. Volpe will be a bust and Peraz will be a bust. We'll be, we'll be good. Well, we we'll be don't fine. know that if they don't play, bro. But uh, listen, we'll see what Yankees happens. still have a lot of moves to make. You got to sure up some of the positions. I think the Yankees have to find more contact hitters, guys that are going to get on base. Because if you're going to go into this team or this season again with the, pretty much the same team, what Yankee fan is going to have an expectation? Anything different, anything less than not winning a World Series because the way I'm looking at it, and I think the three of us are all realists, we love the Yankees like any other Yankee fan. We're also realists. This team is not good enough to win a World Series. They've proven that. What would tell you in your mindset that what, all of a sudden the script is going to flip and these guys are all of a sudden going to hit in the playoffs? They haven't done it their whole careers. Especially when everybody else has gotten better in the last two weeks, especially exactly. Houston. We'll see what happens. Well, they lose Verlander, but they still got the – Yeah, they, who, yeah, exactly. yeah their pitching it, is so deep. Was it the it doesn't matter. that signed Cody Bellinger? Was no, it the Blue It was the Cubs. Cubbies. Oh, okay. That's and not a bad Tyo- deal. And they got Tyone, too. But, yes, baseball is heating up. The NFL, we're in December football, and the New York Giants have meaningful football. The Detroit Lions are playing meaningful football, and the New York Jets are playing meaningful football. It just shows what kind of crazy year it's been in the NFL season. Plus, you got Army-Navy tomorrow. You got the Heisman, Max Duggan. Give him the award. Oh, he's great, isn't he? I give love him that the kid. award. Either him and Caleb Williams is fine, but give him – the award that man is should deserve. Also, a shout out to our hometown, North Haven Indians, looking to go for their oh the North Haven Indians. I call them the North Haven Indians. They're called the Nighthawks, but I call them the North Haven Indians. I'm an we Indian know. for life. I'm a North Haven Indian for life. I always go with that. But they have the opportunity to win their first state championship in school history. So I'm rooting for the Indians. Do your job. Be the one. Be historic. Let's just do it. And Ted gets to go ref a state championship game too tomorrow. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yes. I'll be up in your, I'll be up in your neighborhood, Joe. He'll be in New Britain. Oh, I'm at uh, I'm at Central tomorrow. I got the Ansonia Bloomfield uh, state yeah, championship. And, and and North Haven is playing at Wrenchler, home of the Yukon Huskies, the bowl eligible Yukon Huskies. My who God, is North who? Haven playing? Killingly. Killingly. Oh, well, they should be able to beat Killingly. 
They should Killing kill him. Right? They should yeah. kill him. Killing, killing, he's been in the state championship like three of the last five years. I think they're their defendants, uh, class we're taking, we're taking them down. We're taking them down. The Giants are going to win this week. It's going to be a the rest on their laurels. I wouldn't <laughs> worry about it. Let's go, Nighthawks. Let's go. Let's be the one. We'll see what happens. But that was the return of the Joseph McGuire. More baseball coming around. We'll see what the Yankees do with the moves. See how the Giants play out. College football, Army, Navy. Don't forget, we are Keys of the City. We'll see you next episode. We are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City podcast.